620 Live, so that we may all speak boldly. All right, today we're going to be looking at why does war happen? And there's several many reasons, but we're going to really concentrate on five, six, or seven of them, somewhere along in there. Um, but the main reason that we're looking at today is going to be bumbling leaders. I think we can all agree that we've had some bumbling leaders at all levels of government through the years and there's also been quite a few bumbling leaders of you know other countries as well you know I think that's something that we can like I said all agree on but you know maybe you know not naming any specific people because I don't care who it is that you support and chances are they've made some bumbling decisions I just I just really like that word bumbling but let's take let's take a look at it you know uh, this week and see if we can dig into it a little bit here Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 and 22 ye have heard that it was said of them of old time thou shalt not kill and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment verse 22 but I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment and whosoever shall say to his brother Raka shall be in danger of the council but whosoever shall say thou fool shall be in danger of hell fire that is Matthew chapter 5 verses 21 and 22 it used to be well back in the days of Jesus and in the Old Testament times that the Jewish people knew that murder was wrong. I'll even go as far as to say that we in America at least used to know that murder is wrong. But what do I mean by used to? I'll get to that in just a second. They, the Jewish people, also knew that the murderer would be punished. Here in the United States, they used to know that the murderer would be punished. And still to this day, eventually, which is a rather large and lengthy word, eventually will be punished maybe but today in the United States at least that I can tell and I'm sure other countries have it as well but we tend to celebrate murderers as celebrities 
Jim Jones, Charles Manson, Jeffrey Dahmer had a series on Netflix. Ted Bundy had a documentary that was pretty popular. Uh, he was part of it, Conversations with a Killer, and there were some others, you know, in that series as well. You had the Bind, Torture, and Kill Serial Killer. And there, there's others, and just like, I'm not singling out Netflix here because there's documentaries on Hulu, on Tubi, on Apple TV. I mean, there's documentaries and books everywhere celebrating what these people did. Celebrating that they took a life. We immortalize them in both digital format as well as in books. We make movies, films, documentaries, TV shows, and books about them. I'm sure there's even memes about them, but since I am unable to see them, I cannot tell you for sure. But the news is one of the worst about doing this. Because during the times that it's going on, they're continually building them up, showing horrific things, making these people out to be celebrities, giving them their 15 minutes of fame because they don't care about the individual people that are being hurt or their families. They care about ratings. They care about the shock value. They care about making money or getting prestige for themselves. And these people, male or female, it doesn't matter what gender they are. It used to be known that they would get their punishment. Now, the Jewish people back in Jesus' day knew that these convicted murderers would get their punishment. But as of October 1st, 2022, there are 2,363 convicted murderers on death row, which means there has been at least 2,363 murders committed. Many of them have committed more than one. Now, why is it such a problem? Because, and look at this, and this goes back to some of the leadership that at least this country has and has had in the past. The murderers, convicted murderers, own death row, and I know before anybody says anything, there's likely some of them are innocent. That's very true. But the majority of them did the crime. But what I'm getting at is that these people own death row as well as other inmates pay 
no bills. While there's many U.S. citizens that wonder how they're going to pay their electricity bill, their food bill, not necessarily their phone bill because that is, regardless of what you think, a luxury, as well as electricity to turn lights on is a luxury when you boil it down to its basic because you don't need electricity to live. But however, you do need food to live. And there's many U.S. citizens who struggle about wondering where they're going to get their next meal at. While the inmates in prison and on death row get fed. They get exercise. It may be a small amount, granted that's true. But they still get exercise. The Jewish people knew that these murderers were going to get their just desserts, their punishment that fit the crime. And this was true even before Genesis chapter 9, verse 6, which states, Whosoever sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed. For in the image of God made he a man. But what does that mean, Richard? That means that these people who killed someone else killed someone that was made in the image of God. The he there made in his image means that God made man in his image. But why is this important? It's important again because I say that they killed someone who was made in God's image. And Genesis chapter 9 verse 6 also shows us here that we should not celebrate the murderers at all, let alone in the way that we do by making films and documentaries and books and selling things like that. Because I do believe I remember reading somewhere that when Ted Bundy was to be executed, there were people selling shirts about saving Ted Bundy. I don't care who the murderer is, as long as he is convicted, just as in the days of the Jewish people in the Old and New Testament, then they need to get their punishment. It's not me exacting revenge. It says here in the Bible, as we just heard, that if he spilt blood, then by man's blood shall he, he lose, basically lose his life. His blood should be shed. I knew I'd remember it eventually. But yet we still celebrate them. I mean, I know there's got to be websites, blogs, vlogs, YouTube channels, YouTube documents, whatever is out there. People celebrate because they have a fascination, a morbid fascination with death. With putting these people up on a pedestal. But yet, there's people out there who are just curious, like, what all happened? Why did it happen? Why did they do this? Why did they do that? 
And I am just as guilty as other people that have watched these documentaries, have watched this, that TV show, Dahmer, have done this, have done that, because they make it interesting. They make you want to watch it. Is it a sin to watch it? I don't, I don't believe so. But I do say that it is, in a way, celebrating them. So maybe it is a sin. If you're convicted of watching it, then it's a sin. If you're not convicted of watching it, then it's between your God. Well, in the end, whatever it is, it's between your God. It's not for me to judge or anybody else to judge you for it. But then making all of this stuff, making money off of this stuff, is continuing to give these murderers and serial killers their minutes of fame. Some murderers likely do this to get their minutes of fame. And as long as the news media and Netflix and other streaming services are getting ratings and getting views from watching things like this, then they're going to continue making things like this. The Jewish people did not celebrate these murderers. They made sure that their punishment was handed out. Because in the end, while we have lifted these murderers and all up to a celebrity status, they are not celebrities at all. Jeffrey Dahmer, murderer. Ted Bundy, murderer. Jim Jones, murderer. David Koresh, murderer. These people are human, yes, but they are murderers. Instead of let's make them celebrities, let's show what they truly are. Murderers. Now, you may be wondering what this has to do with bumbling leaders because I feel that a lot of the responsibility falls on the leaders because if they would push through the death penalty instead of letting them live out their lives on death row, then there may be some change in the world. I'm not saying it's a guarantee that it would change, but I'm saying that it could change. These people who have done these heinous crimes are not celebrities. They're not idols. They're not heroes. They are criminals. They are murderers. They should not be revered. They should be reviled. They should not be celebrated. They should be punished. Now, the leaders could push through their executions that they have been convicted and no longer have any chance of appeal, but yet they don't because of several many reasons. You know, they don't want to be seen as cruel, but yet what these people did to get on death row is cruel. They tried to appease the few that yelled aloud. The squeakiest wheel gets the grease, in other words. They think it's cruel to kill, but yet these people who 
push for, you know, letting them go, do they not see what these people did? Did they not read of how they tormented others, how they cruelly murdered other people, how they took someone's loved one, someone's wife, someone's mother, someone's sister, someone's brother, someone's father, someone's son, someone's daughter. How they snuffed out a life more times than not before it could even begin. Bumbling leaders allow this stuff to continue. They continually allow them to live. And also, these leaders that we have and have had allowed abortions. Millions of babies murdered before they could even take a breath. The serial killer's own death row killed people, took their last breath, while yet these murderers continue to breathe on death row. And these leaders that we have elected that are in positions of power allowed mothers to get abortions, which is murder and they their baby that was murdered was not even allowed a single breath of air they did not even give the baby a chance to live before murdering the gift from God It was placed into the Ten Commandments that Moses was given by God that thou shalt not kill. Exodus verse 13 of chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20 verse 13. Thou shalt not kill. That does not mean that you can kill adults and get away with it. It does not mean thou can kill babies and get away with it. It means what it says. Thou shalt not kill. Baby, teenager, toddler, adult, elderly, it doesn't matter. Killing, murder, is a big no-no. If God had Moses write it down, if God gave it to Moses, then it must have been extremely important. Huh. Yeah. It must be. Oh, no, wait, no, wait, no, excuse me. It's not must be. It is. Thou shalt not kill. Then why do we continually celebrate those that did? And like I said, leaders are at the forefront of this. They allowed abortions until... Roe versus Wade was overturned and now I believe it's every state can make their own choice. No, it should not be that way. It should come down from the ones in power, the higher ups in power that no, no abortion 
is allowed because thou shalt not kill. Call it the Exodus 2013 law because you know, if it was a law for the Israelites, the Jewish people, then it should be a law for us as well. But no, we want to take the Ten Commandments out of courtrooms. We want to take Jesus and God out of schools. And we wonder why the world is in, or this nation is in the shape that it's in where murder happens all the time, where school shootings happen all the time, where laws are being broken all the time, and where kids rebel against each other, and where people think that they can change genders because God made a mistake. No, he did not make a mistake. You see, it falls on the leaders because they want to appease those that scream the loudest. And why don't us Christians stand up and scream too? Because, because we're cowards. We say that we believe in God. We say that we believe in the power that God has for us. We say that we will speak boldly, yet we speak softer than whispers in the dark. Because we're scared of what other people will think. Well, Richard is not scared of what people think. If he has to scream by himself, if he has to speak boldly by himself, then I will. Because God sent Jesus to die for me. Jesus gave himself for me. He gave himself for you as well. How are you going to repay him? By whispering softer than the gentlest whisper in the dark or yelling at the top of your lungs about what God has done for you. I agree that just as I'm doing now, these leaders that we have and have had are criticized more than any other role, more than any other person persons because they're in the forefront they're at the focus they are in the limelight they're in the spotlight but just as murder is wrong they're wrong for allowing them one to continue living and two for allowing the abortions which is murder as well But you know, something that we often don't think about is the fact that while we know that actually murdering someone physically is wrong, is a sin, and goes against the Bible, the teachings, and the Ten Commandments, did you realize that thinking it is wrong as well? You might not have realized that, but it is very true that even thinking it is bad. You know, lusting after someone in your mind, while you may not have acted on it physically, you have still committed adultery in your heart and in your mind. I'm not saying since you've already done it in your mind to go out and physically do it. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we need to be careful of thinking about murdering someone in our head. We've all done it. We've all joked about it. We've all been kids and said it doesn't make it any less of a sin. 
I want to look at this term and, and talk to y'all about this term Raka, which is an Aramaic term which stands for empty one. And it's a word that many people would use as an insult. It's an insult that shows contempt for whoever you say it about. And people that use this word if they were convicted of it, would be taken to the highest court in the land back during the time of Jesus. And yet they still did. The leaders back then would follow through with punishment when convicted. There was not a death row back then, and if there was, or at least I'm not aware if there was a death row or not, but if there was, you better believe that those on it got what the law stated. Keep in mind, he who sheds human blood shall humans shed his blood. I know I messed that up, but you remember it from earlier. And it's no surprise that throughout history and even now and later on that throughout history Anger has clouded people's judgments. Feelings cloud people's judgments. You're feeling happy, so you wear a bright colored shirt. You're feeling upset, so you wear a darker colored shirt. Emotions or feelings cloud our judgments. From the smallest to the largest decisions, emotions and feelings cloud judgments. And I'm getting to a point of this that I really don't like to say because I don't like this term. But one thing, one decision that we unconsciously make is to condemn people. We will not follow through with what the law says, thank you bumbling leaders, but yet we all have unconsciously condemned people. It is very common in today's society, whether on TV shows, movies, books, or in a typical everyday conversation, to hear three words. These three words. God damn you. And while I hate saying it and I won't repeat it, GDU is one of the most vile things that anybody can say to someone else. And let me explain why? We throw it around like it's a dirty piece of trash, like it's a used napkin that we're throwing in the recycle bin or in the garbage bag. But the, those three words are more than just three words. They are a curse to whomever you said it because you are asking God to condemn them to hell. What we're doing whenever we say that is we're condemning that person and we're calling that person a moral 
fool, and we are implying that we want God to damn their very soul to hell. Is that not one of the cruelest things and most vile things that you can think of? Condemning someone to hell for all of eternity. And yet people still, maybe they don't know, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but at least you who are listening know that that is a curse. And maybe you can tell them whenever you hear someone saying it from now on. Remember, we're to speak boldly about Christ, the name of Christ. But I want to go back to the criminals. Back in the ancient times, the persecuted criminals were put to death. And whenever they were put to death, they were tossed into a continuously burning fire pit. Yes, back in, in old days, the murderers were actually persecuted. They were punished and their bodies thrown into the continuously burning pit, which signified the ever-burning flames in the lake of fire in what we consider hell, what we call hell. And just like those fires were continuously burning, the fires in hell will ever burn forevermore. They will continue to burn and never be quenched. Your mouth will be dry. You will want something to drink, but yet they will be no rest found. There will be no relief found. There will be no breaks, no pardons given. You will be in hell and burning forever. That is what the fires were to symbolize to those who saw it as an example of what happens when you are convicted. Yet today, as I stated earlier, we watch this and see that, oh, he got fame. Oh, she got fame. Oh, they got fame. So, there's no punishment for the crime. Granted, like I said, some do get put on death row, but it's very few and far between, considering that there are 2,363 inmates still on death row as of October 1st, 2022. Not that long ago. But let me talk about this leader. I'm not saying that all of his decisions were bumbling, but I will say that his decision in 1945 to allow the atomic bombs to attack both Hiroshima and Nagasaki were not the brightest decision ever made by Harry or excuse me, President Harry Truman. The counsel that he had told him that it was the best way to prevent loss of life, yet the estimates range anywhere from 110,000 to 210,000 people that were killed. That does not count those that were maimed, those that had post-traumatic stress after the fact, those that had nightmares, those that could not sleep, or those that felt that the only out that they had was to commit suicide or those that maybe went on to become alcoholics trying to get away from 
all of that pain, torment, and torture. And something about these two atomic bombs that attacked Hiroshima and Nagasaki in Japan that still has reverberations today is the fact that there's still a global paranoia that it's going to happen again. I still remember when, you know, Desert Storm started because, and I think there was another war that I can't remember the name to as I go to say it, because they had nuclear weapons. You see what happened at Chernobyl. It still has ramifications today. Could you imagine something like that happening on a world-wide scale? It would cause what is called nuclear winter. It would wipe out, if not all, the majority of the world's population. And it could all be because of one bumbling leader. I'm not saying that there's any perfect leader. Only Jesus has ever been and ever will be perfect on this earth. But what I am saying is that leaders and us common people have something in common. Leaders make mistakes. Common people make mistakes. In episode three in this study, we will talk about making mistakes. Remember that Jesus loves you. God loves you. And please remember to share this to to spread the word about Jesus. I could care less about the 620 Live podcast becoming viral, but what I do care about is people hearing about Jesus and what it can do to help them. Please remember to subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. God bless each and every one of you.